I was a high-tech professional for a decade, a stay-at-home mom for nearly two, a martial artist for more than 20 years. And when it came time for me to decide what to do with myself after my kids were out of the house, basically, and ready to do their own thing, I faced a decision, which was to go back into high tech or to do something that was more meaningful to me. And I chose to do that. I chose to start a business teaching self-defense primarily to women. And what I didn't know at the time was anything at all about how to actually be an entrepreneur, how to be a businesswoman. I knew nothing about running a business, finding clients, creating courses. I just had content knowledge and expertise and an incredible burning desire to have an impact that would help women be safe and know what to do when people targeted them and tried to harm them. Fortunately for me, my path crossed with an incredible woman who is an amazing mentor and coach. She is all about supporting women entrepreneurs in building their businesses. And I don't know where I would be now if I had not crossed paths with her. She's also one of the most masterful people I know. And she has an incredible insight into mindset and how your mindset can change how you move through the world and what you're able to do. Thanks to her, my mindset about business completely changed. And I'm so glad that I was able to arrange for her to come on the show because I think you're going to just love what she has to say. She's all about empowerment and lifting women up. And she's full of super tips and incredible insights. So I'm super pleased to bring her on the show. And I know that you're going to love her. Here we go. Welcome to the Born to be a Badass podcast, the show that tackles the subject of women and violence head on and shines the light on what women need to know and do to be safe. Here's your host, fourth degree black belt and self-protection expert, Cynthia Gillicourt-Rude. Welcome to the Born to be a Badass podcast. I'm your host, Cynthia Gillicourt-Rude. And today I am super stoked to bring on the show a woman who really gave me the jumpstart I needed to actually start a business. Katarina Rando is a best-selling author, sought-after speaker, and an extraordinary women's business mentor who passionately serves women leaders on a mission. Her over 25 years of educating and empowering audiences and groups makes her truly masterful at providing a ton of value. She shows women how to be loud and proud about the value they bring in order to serve more people and make their businesses thrive. She's a published author with books including Learn to Think Differently, which was released in more than 13 countries and multiple languages, A Women's Guide to Starting a Giving Circle, and her latest book, The ABCs of Public Speaking, which quickly hit number one in four Amazon bestseller categories. Katarina is an absolute powerhouse and probably one of the most joyous, uplifting people I have ever met, and I am so stoked to have her on the show. So welcome to the show, Katarina. Thank you, Cynthia. I am so happy to be with you. 
it's just a total, total joy all the way on the, on my drive here. I was just kind of bouncing up and down in my seat because I was so excited to actually get to pepper you with questions. Well, I'm excited to be with you. Cool. Well, I like to start the show off with some questions just to kind of get to know you and then we'll dive into sort of the nitty gritty deep stuff. Are you ready for that? Of course. Yes. All right. So where is your favorite place to go in San Francisco? I live on the west side of town towards the edge of the continent, about 20 blocks from the edge of the continent. As you probably know, San Francisco has a bay and I'm not too far from the coast. Like, like it's like uh, five minutes from my house or 15 minutes with walking. And it has the most beautiful view of the ocean and the bridge. It's a great place to think, to hike, to get some fresh air. Even now during challenging times, it's amazing. And that's my favorite place to go. Wow. I didn't realize you were so close to the coast. Yeah. So do you get different kinds of weather because you're so... (laughs) I'm laughing because my friend, it's mostly fog over here. And there are some hot days. Sometimes though, I'll be talking to a friend who lives, you know, 15 minutes in another direction and it's 80 or 90 and I'm over here at 55. Yes, it's a variety of climates over here. Oh, I, I could use 55 degrees and foggy because we've been over 100 for the last week. Okay. Oh, my gosh. Wow. <laughs> I'm still wearing my winter dresses. Really? Yeah, they're not in the velvet, the sweaters. They're still in the closet. So I guess that's just supporting Mark Twain's little quote about... Uh, yeah. <laughs> totally, my friend. San Francisco. That's funny. Well, I know that you like to go cruising. I'm curious when your first cruise was and what the most interesting one you've been on has been. Well, the first one I ever did, I was in my 20s and we did a Greek cruise, but that was like a bottom of the barrel cruise, you know, like not fancy at all. And that was not very fun. And then when I got married, my husband loved to cruise and he'd been around the world twice And I I thought to myself, what am I going to do on a ship for a week? But I had a blast and I loved it. And we cruised together a few times. And then, you know, I love to do retreats. And I thought, hey, let's do a retreat with the ladies on a ship. And that worked out great. And so we've been doing it for quite a while now. I'm speechless. I didn't know that you'd cruised in Greece. Oh, long time ago, my friend, in my 20s. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was a while ago for me, too. Um, (laughs) But also, I I didn't know that your husband had gone around the world. Did he do that, like, by cruise ship? Yeah, he went around the world, like, on a world cruise. They they go, like, 79 days or something. His parents, with his parents when he was really young, and then once when he was a young man. And he'd been on, like, 35 cruises. Of course, he was in the travel business. So he got VIP discount and he loved it and I loved it. And we went to Alaska. We did a lot of things, went to Mexico, of course. And it's a great way to spend time because you don't have to worry about where we're going to eat or how we're going to get there or or driving or, you know, it's, of course, there's not much internet. You can truly relax. And for somebody like myself, who's, you know, teaching and on, on the computer a lot and, 
and running around. I find it a great relaxing way to to travel. And of course, you know, I love it for the the trips with the ladies, the retreats, because the ladies get to know each other a lot better. They connect a lot more because everything's right there. It's very hassle-free. And for me, when I travel, I truly want to relax because I work so hard and I do travel for work also. And that's why one of the reasons I find it very refreshing. Yeah, I I totally get that. And I mean, I came on one of your cruises. Yeah, I know, my friend. It was awesome. That was my first one. And I liked that experience so much. When Dave and I got married last year, we actually did our honeymoon as a a land and sea. Oh, really? In Alaska. Wow. That's fabulous. I wouldn't have thought to do that if I hadn't gone cruising with Mm. you. And I think what you were saying about like, it's so hassle-free. You don't even, you don't have to worry about cooking. Right. you don't even have to make your bed, you know, everybody, everything's taken care of and everybody's super yeah. and they just make sure that you've got everything that you want and you need. And like you, I'm usually go, 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 busy, busy. And it really helps to just disconnect like that when you're in an environment where pretty much everything is right there for you. Absolutely. And I remember when you were with us on the trip and you did an awesome presentation and the ladies loved it. And that was the first time that I had taken a group on a cruise. And I tell you that because we're even more amazing these days and they're better. They get better and better every time. Yeah. There it is a different dimension to doing a retreat. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's really cool. So what's the most interesting one you've been on? The most interesting. Well, I think the one that sticks out the most <laughs> when you say that Cynthia is the, the one that I went on and They didn't have any room for my meetings, that there had been a mix-up with the meeting planner. And um, I got on a ship and I had 30 ladies and I didn't have a place for us to meet. And I had to be very resourceful and determined. And it all worked out. And it was was good proof that I I can, whatever life throws me, I can figure it out. Because it was very stressful. And the ladies didn't really know it for the first several days. But then one day when we were having a meeting in the banquet room and a thousand people walked through the banquet room because they were doing a kitchen tour, I had to explain to them what had happened. And they, they all thought that it was pretty awesome that I figured it all out. So that was good. <laughs> Whoops, but also. <laughs> hey, you know and that problem solving ability and you know, your positivity. That's one reason why I wanted to bring you on the show is because you are truly a wizard with mindset. Thank you. Thank you. So what is your favorite self-care practice? You know, I'm going to piggyback on what you just said about mindset, Cynthia, because I was a depressed teenager and like many women, you know, I thought there was something wrong with me that I was fat and ugly and, you know, woe is me and who would want to be with me and blah, blah, blah. Right. And one day I'm laying in bed and I thought of my favorite quote, which is Joan Baez, American folk singer, action is the antidote to despair. And I, I thought to myself, I'm not going to sit here and feel sorry for myself. 
I'm going to get my fanny out of bed and go do something. And that's what I did. And then I started to go to seminars and I got a coach, a business coach. And that was, that came a little bit later. But my point is that, you know, I, I don't wallow in what's wrong. I focus on what do I want to create and how do I want to get there? And I do believe in the power of action, but it does start with mindset. So I listen to Audible. I listen to uplifting material. I don't watch. I watch a little bit of news, but not enough to, you know, bring me down and make, I've made a conscious decision that I'm going to be positive in my life. And that's what I want to encourage people to do. Mm. Oh, I I really like that. And it just brings to mind for me the way that you are in your coaching sessions because you you use language like depresso and positivo and you know you have a way of celebrating and encouraging people to celebrate what they're up to yeah bing 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 like that when you yeah. felt that when i first encountered you i was like what the heck is this and then i realized wow it is such an uplift and it's such a way, like, even if there is stuff going on that is, in your words, depresso, <laughs> there is always something positivo to find. And yeah, and yeah. celebrating people's successes too is huge. And it had never occurred Absolutely. to actively, consciously do that. Well, and you know, you can't be depresso when you're celebrating somebody or something that they've done, their accomplishments, your accomplishments. Cynthia, one of the things. I want to say to you, you have, you know, you have lots of beautiful tattoos. I do not have any tattoos. However, I will tell you, if I did get a tattoo, it would say uplift because I have decided that that is in one word, what my life is all about. And even though, you know, I'm a woman on a mission, I want to help women economically to be more successful in their businesses. If I could break down my life to one word, it would be uplift. And that is a choice. It's a choice about mindset. It's a choice about what I say and what I do. And it's a good way to go through life. Yes, it really is. And that's very appropriate. So if you ever decide you want to get inked, let me know and I will come and do it with you. Okay. Hey, that's exciting, my friend. Yep. I, I, will, I will take you up on that. Cool. Maybe for one of those big birthdays. Yep. Yep. Let's do it. Let's do it. Cause I love getting ink and I love it even better to do it with a friend. So good. You can tell me where to do it and you can give me some, you can be my, you can be my tattoo coach. There we go. I can give value in a different way. Exactly. We're just going to have to wait till they let tattoo artists practice again. Right. So what advice would you give young women today? that you wish you'd had when you were in your twenties? Well, one thing I say to myself is that I would advise myself way back when that it's all going to work out because I think I spent too much time worrying as a young person about, will I ever amount to anything? Will my life ever be okay? Will I ever find someone to love me? And I I really, I, I want young women, let's take that angst out of, all of it. You know, it's unfortunate, but we get messages from society, from the media, now from social media, from our parents. I went to Catholic school, so the nuns 
were all over me because I was more outspoken than most girls. And, you know, we begin, as young women, we begin to think we're not okay. And I want every woman to know that she matters, that she has massive value to bring, that her voice matters. I know that now I have confidence and can stand up for myself now. At the same time, I wish I had known that, Cynthia, when I was 20. And the way, I guess the way to know that is to be around women that are like that and have them tell you that you can do it too. And fortunately, I did have that happen. I worked at Planned Parenthood in the teen clinic when I was in high school. I had never even had sex except I was working at the birth control clinic at Planned Parenthood. The beautiful thing about that was that I met women that were older than me, that I would, I would call them feminists, although we, we didn't necessarily talk about being feminists, but they were feminists and they were comfortable with themselves. They were confident and they saw something in me and they acknowledged me for being who I was, not for being who other people thought I was supposed to be. That's really powerful. And I think that's one of the things that we all can struggle with is just not feeling seen. Right. Yeah. Right. Or, or not feeling like we're okay, you know, and, and that we matter. And really there's two core woundings, either I'm not enough or I'm not lovable. And early in life, I had both of those. Now I have neither of those. Most women, and and I only speak to women because I'm not an expert on men. Most women have that. And I really, I really want us and everyone to support women and girls because it's both. It's not just girls, it's women too. In really getting that they do have massive value to bring. They do matter. And Cynthia, you know, for what you focus on, that, you know, stand up for yourself. Don't put up with BS. Don't let that person put their hand on you. Don't let that person talk to you that way. You know, this is something that I want more women to be, be schooled in early. And it's not just classroom schooling. It's modeling. It's us seeing other women do what we have not been exposed to, liking that, and then emulating that seeing that loud and proud woman and saying, okay, I like that. And then being like that, seeing that woman that says, don't, don't do that. Don't talk to me like that. And then we learn, okay, it's okay for me to say, don't talk to me like that. If somebody's disrespecting me, you know, we need, we need not just education. We need modeling. Absolutely. Yeah, we do. And it's, you're right. It is about being able to speak up and be able to actually be comfortable taking up space on the planet, which, you know, often you see women sort of shrinking and trying to draw themselves in and being very constricted because they're afraid to really own their space. And that's something that I see you do all the time is just really own, not just like your immediate space, but when you're on stage, like that whole place is yours. And I think that's one way you're an amazing role model for that. Thank you. Well, that's, and that's the other thing, Cynthia, because I've done it so many times, you know, I've been speaking regularly since I was in my twenties. As soon as I had 
my own business, even when I was a caterer, before I was a coach and a mentor and an author, even in my, my catering business, I was involved in the business community. I found opportunities to speak. And it does take years to get masterful at your thing, you know? And I want everybody to know that because now I brought value in my 20s, but at the same time, I wasn't masterful in my 20s. And it takes years to get masterful. And I want women to not wait. There is this myth that you have to figure things out before you take action. And I want to be very clear that it is in the taking action that you figure things out. That is very important. And then the other thing is the goal is not to do something. The goal is to master something, which means you have to do it over and over and over. So yes, I can own a room when I'm on the stage because it's innate at this point because I've done it tens of thousands of times. I don't know how many times, but at least 10,000 times. So how, how do you build that mastery? Doing your thing over and over and over. For example, when I started doing my own trainings and instead of 20 hours a month on the platform, I was having 80 hours a month on the platform. I saw my skill significantly improve. And when I say skill, I really should say skills plural because a presentation skill, you know, presentation skills are only part of it. Projection, posture, projection, etc. But there's also reading the room. There's also running the room. There's also having authority in the room and holding the space. And all there's many skills that go along with whatever our area of mastery is, being intuitive with the audience. And this only comes, all of these skills at anything, only come when we have our attention off of ourself. Because self-consciousness means that we're not having our consciousness on the place and the people. And this is also, you know this from safety, right, Cynthia? If we're worried about, you know, we're worried about, is it okay? for me to speak up, then we're not having our awareness on the environment and the other people and the vibe. And that's important. Yes. Yeah. I'm sitting here pondering as I'm listening and thinking that that is very applicable to really being able to navigate and perform in any environment. Mm -hmm. Um, And that, I mean, there's a difference between self-awareness and self-consciousness. And I think that's part of what you're pointing. Yes. Right. So I'm curious, like one of the things that I think stops women from doing their thing is imposter syndrome. Like, who am I to do this? Who am I to speak up? Mm -hmm. You know, why would anybody listen to me? What Mm -hmm. are your thoughts on that? It's very interesting because I've been hearing this term a lot recently and I haven't heard it for many years. I don't feel like an imposter. Even many years ago, I was in a, I was quoted in a book where a lady talked about this and I have never felt an imposter. And let me tell you why. And this is also the criteria that I want your listeners to use. The, the criteria to use is not, do I have 10 years experience? Do I have 50 clients? Do I have 10 letters after my name? The criteria to use is, do I have value to bring? 
And if Sheila, Jane, or Mary, even if they're new in whatever their venture or vocation is, if they genuinely feel that they have value to bring, that is the yardstick. That is the criteria to use that makes them not an imposter. And their value might be their experience. It could be their education. It could be their, their compassion. It could be their, you know, what Cynthia, I call our heart skills, being a good listener, being kind, being genuinely caring. Those are all massive value too. And when you have your heart skills and you have on top of that a little bit of expertise or experience or education to share, that's massive value. And that's what I want women to embrace. Don't compare yourself to everybody else. Look inward. Ask yourself, do I have value to bring? And if the answer is yes, then bring it and never feel like an imposter because you're not. I'm glad that that's what you're saying, Katarina, because I think the first time I encountered you was at probably one of your Expand Your Vampire events uh-huh. in the summertime. And I was very, very new with creating my business. And I did feel a little bit like an imposter because most people teaching self-defense are men coming from law enforcement and military backgrounds. And there was a part of me that was like, well, who am I to be wanting to bring this out to the world and to help women with this? You know, I'm, I'm just a woman with none of that background. And I did have the martial arts background, but it was difficult for me to see. And when I left that event, after hearing you talk about value, I was absolutely convinced that I also had massive value to bring to the world and that there was a world full of women who were just waiting for me peer and connect with them. Like they were just waiting for what I have and what I offer. And that there was something unique about me that would appeal to a certain group of women. Absolutely. And Cynthia, that's the thing is that, you know, yay, let's shout it from the rooftop. You don't have a law enforcement background. You don't have a military background. You know, you saw those as minuses. My friend, those are pluses for women that want to be with a woman just like them and want to learn from a woman just like them, from a soft, beautiful, feminine woman like you. Well, thank you. That was a huge realization for me. And I probably would not have proceeded very far with my business if I hadn't had that infusion of Katerina insight right up front at the beginning. Thanks, my friend. Thank you. Well, that's the thing is that, Cynthia, for you, for our listeners, for myself, there is a lifetime supply of people to serve. Not everyone is going to resonate with everyone. You know, you could look at your industry and you could say, my gosh, this industry is flooded with people teaching this stuff. Maybe, but they're not you. And you're going to attract your people. And this is why you hear me say, be loud and proud about the value you bring. Because when you're loud and proud about the value you bring, the people that are looking for someone like you, even if they don't even know that they're looking for someone like you, if they come across you and resonate with your message, they will lean forward or step forward to work with you or be advised by you or be taught by you. And that's why we have to use our voice. And that's also why, like what you're doing, Cynthia, is if you feel, which I know you do, 
that some of the stuff that women are taught is BS, that it's going to get them in more trouble than, than bring value to them, then it's, it's your obligation to speak up and say, hey, that might work for some guy, but that's not going to work for this woman. And here's what she needs to do. And she needs to not even get herself in a difficult situation. And I'm going to teach her how to avoid it and be as convicted in your communication as any man would ever be. And you have a completely different perspective. That is beautiful. And that is what so many women want to hear because they're not resonating with that stuff over there. And your message is what's going to serve them. Well, that's what I'm finding. And, and I'm really grateful to you for the guidance in that, because like I said, I, I wouldn't really have had the oomph to continue right up there at the beginning if I hadn't had that infusion of, of courage and confidence from you. Well, thank you. And now you get to infuse other women with courage and confidence. And that's what it's all about. That's the ripple effect. You know, I get to serve you, you get to serve them, they get to serve others. And this is how you have a greater impact. And we all get to have a greater impact when we use our voice, when we bring our message out there, when we say it, when we say our different perspective, you know, I'm teaching sales and I'm teaching them to forget about what you were taught. You know, women buy differently. Don't use this idea of pressure. Don't use this idea of pain. Who wants to hear about that? You know, talk about possibility, talk about partnership, talk about transformation. That's what women want to hear about. And some people resonate with that because just because somebody said it at some point, Cynthia, doesn't mean that it's the right answer for everybody. Yes. And I'm curious because so many times we hear like what you should do and what the right path is. And and we try those things and they don't necessarily work. So I'm curious, what are your super tips for how to deal with setbacks and obstacles and feeling discouraged and, you know, like you're not on the right path? Well, the first thing is mindset is a choice. And we all get knocked down and we all have setbacks big and small and we all have life get in the way. And what I mean by that is I've had women that have had bouts of two bouts of cancer that are still rocking their business. You know, I've had women that have overcome tremendous, tremendous setbacks and challenges and they're still rocking their business because they're committed to their business. They're not going to let it take it, take them out because they see themselves as women on a mission. As I see myself, other women use it as an excuse, you know, and, and it's a, it's a, it's a viable excuse, but it's not about finding an excuse. It's about living your best life and being passionate about your life every day. And that means that you want to find something greater than yourself that lights you up. And many of us do that through entrepreneurship. And what I say to a lot of my ladies, Cynthia, I'm sure you've heard me say this, is, you know, we've got to manage our disappointment because there's disappointment du jour. And I don't mean that in a funny way. It's true. There is disappointment du jour. And every time we have some disappointment du jour, we have to find the upside of that. You know, I'm, I'm expecting a friend to come over and have a nice visit. My friend doesn't come. I think 
I don't think to myself, I'm depressed, so my friend doesn't come. I think, oh, great, now I get to take a longer lunch. You know, you find, you find the good in what is disappointing, and you don't let it get you down. Because when you do, that will take you out. So that's the first thing is mindset. The second thing is mentorship. Find someone who inspires you, who is, who is doing something that you want to be doing or who is on a path that you want to be on. The thing is, though, they've got to have the same values as you. Just following successful people is a mistake because we all live our lives based on our values. We all teach based on our values. We all write and create our curriculum based on our values. And that's why a lot of times Dave, Bob, or Larry's stuff doesn't work because they have different values than we have, which is why you want to pick people that have the same values for you. Mindset, mentorship, and you know the third thing, Cynthia, I'm going to say is community. Be with a community of like-minded, like-hearted women on a mission just like you because they will be your friends. They will maybe become your clients. They will light you up. They'll share resources with you. They'll, they'll hold you when you feel like crying and they will keep your party moving. And that's an important part because the other thing that happens with women, as you know, not all women, but many women is they isolate when things are not going well. And isolation does not move us forward in our lives. Right. And I suppose that's even more likely right now. Yeah. You know, I mean, we're kind of isolated. Yeah. And you know, Cynthia, I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm a single woman and I make sure I get out of the house. I make sure I get on zoom with people I like to be on zoom with. Of course I go see my mom and dad, you know, I mean, I'm sheltering in place, but I'm also consciously connecting either via zoom or out in the world because isolation is not good for really for anybody. I mean, it's, it's, it's not our nature. Yeah. So I'm curious just to follow on with this, like what are your thoughts on how to navigate through fear? Well, you know, I think fear keeps us frozen. And if we stay frozen, we're going to stay in fear. And you know me, my friend, I'm all about action. What dissipates fear is taking action. Think about, think about public speaking. People are so scared of public speaking. Well, the more you do it, the less scared you are. And it's the same thing with sales and it's the same thing with running events and it's the same thing with a lot of things. You know, action is the antidote. And I'm not as versed in the physical fear. You know, that's your area of expertise. I would say, you know, still, it's, it's get your ass out of there. You know, it's... It's take action because action allows us to, first of all, be proactive versus reactive and also action dissipates the fear. Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting because I think sometimes people are afraid to act and it's not until they actually spend a little time introspecting and asking some why questions or some what questions, like what, what do I believe about this right now? And, and kind of ferret out the negative beliefs 
the visualizations that they have that are negative rather than positive, um, the expectations that they have that maybe aren't true. Mm -hmm. Ferret that stuff out. Those are the things that make them feel threatened. And this is something that I learned working with Tony Blauer. He developed this whole cycle of behavior that's um, sort of the neurocircuitry of fear is what he calls it. And, and that's really what it is, is when you, when you have all of those things that are negative, you stay stuck in the fear loop and you just feel threatened and you can't actually take action until you choose to feel challenged instead. And I think that's such a cool mindset shift there to say, okay, well, you know, some of these things that I'm believing may actually not be true and I don't have any evidence to support it. Maybe even if they are true, that doesn't mean that I can't act. So what can I do? And I don't remember where I found this, but um, I read a book or heard an interview where somebody was talking about just taking one step and how in our brains, once we take that first step and we make that first act, it gives our brains somewhere to go and something to work on. So we're not stuck anymore. Mm -hmm. And I love that because, you know, what you're saying is the antidote to fear is action. And it's like, absolutely. Because once you take that one step, like things change and then you can take another action based on what happened when you took that first one. Bing, bing, which is awesome because as you know, if you're in action, you're more likely to stay in action than doing nothing, which means you're more likely to do nothing. Yes. Yes. The body at rest. Right. Exactly. That principle, (laughs) that principle. And Cynthia, I want to say one more thing about this, you know, in taking action, we shift our self-perception. The more, you know, like, like when I'm saying moving towards mastery, well, one of the things about mastery is you've shifted yourself from your self-perception of somebody who didn't know how to do something to somebody who does know how to do something you know, that builds confidence and action supports us shifting our self-perception. You know, somebody could think that they're a pushover. Well, once they start taking action, they begin to no longer think of themselves that way. And that's important. Shifting our self-perception is essential for not only creating the lives we want, but for fulfilling whatever we feel our mission is on the planet. Mm. That's really deep because once you start to change your perception of yourself, you start to carry yourself differently. Right. And things change because you see yourself differently. Like opportunities open up that wouldn't have before. Exactly. And you start to show up differently. You start to show up as the new person you see yourself as, not the old person who may you may have seen yourself as a victim. You may have seen yourself as shy or seen yourself as not worthy. Well, when you start to shift your self-perception, you're going to be different in the world and people are going to treat you different. Yeah, that's really deep. (laughs) Happy to go there, my friend. Happy to go there. (laughs) Well, I thought you would be. So I'm curious about what what is the most common thing that holds women back from actually being able to be loud and proud about themselves and about what they're up to in the world? Well, I, I won't necessarily say what the common thing is. I think one of the things we've already touched on is fear. The other, there is a couple others. One is caring about what other people think too much. And the other one is this 
BS perfection thing. And we're really acculturated many women to be that way, to be, you know, to be perfect, to be told, you know, that in some way overtly or covertly, that's a big thing. Also, you know, when you know you're enough and you know, you have massive value to bring, you're not as concerned as what people think. And people have to really let that go because we are not everybody's flavor. You know, that's why there's my, my mom used to say, that's why there's, there's 31 flavors at Baskin Robbins. You know, we're not everybody's flavor and that's okay. And not, you know, you know, when I give a speech, even now years into this, I don't like to read evaluations because there's going to be 99% that are going to rave and there's going to be one or two that didn't like me because I look like their husband's ex-wife or something. And, you know, they're going to have something negative to say. I don't, I don't need it. It doesn't serve me. So that's why I don't like to read evaluations because as a sensitive person, even as a confident person, I'm still, I still don't like to hear it. And this is why I don't want everybody's opinion. I only want the opinion of trusted sources. And that's important. I, I want to give that tip, Cynthia. I advise my clients only take feedback from trusted sources, not from people on the internet that you don't know, not from people in your audiences. And that would be your podcast audience as well. They're not all trusted sources. And when women start to listen to everybody, that will not move them forward. And you know what I'm going to say related to this? One of my pet peeves is that when a woman asks me for some advice and I give it to her, and then a month later, she asks me the same question. I give her the same advice and she's been talking to everybody the whole month. Trust yourself. Take action yourself. Don't wait for people to tell you how to do it or if it's okay. Trust yourself and get your party moving. Mm. I like that combined with something else I've heard you say before. I mean, obviously I remember you saying multiple times done is better than perfect. And yes. thanks yeah. because that has saved me from good 50,000 hours trying to do something that really I could whip out in 30 seconds. Right. <laughs> um, but also I think one of the things for me that is something I've seen other women struggle with is sort of getting ready to prepare, to get going, to get ready right. in order to start. Right. And okay. you yeah. that super well and um, have encouraged me and everybody else, I think, to just like, get and on with it. already started, right. Stop <laughs> getting ready to get ready to begin to think about getting going and get your party started. And this is really important because one of the things I've done, Cynthia, is I've, I've advised my clients during these challenging times to host every week or every other week a, a workshop or a Q&A session virtually to always have something to invite people to, to get new clients. And I'm going to tell you something. We're this many months into this challenging lifestyle, and I still got women, not my clients, other women that are still trying to get their party started. Okay? Just get going. You are not going to be successful in business or in life if you have to have everything figured out and perfect before you get going. And I want everybody to hear that because as I said, it is in the doing that we figure it out and it is in the doing over and over and over and over and over that we get masterful. Mm -hmm. Yes. Bing, 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 bing.
<laughs> yeah, that is spot on. Well, let's see. Can you talk about the most difficult decision you've ever made and like what the process was that you went through to make it? Well, the first thing that comes to mind was my decision to get a divorce. And what happened was I was waking up for, I guess it was about maybe a week. And I was waking up feeling like I don't want to be married anymore. But that, what that really meant was I didn't want to be married to my husband anymore. And uh, it was just too hard. And realizing that, you know, one person wanting to work on a marriage is not enough. I was scared. And Cynthia, you know, you, I mean, you knew my husband, he was, um, he could be very volatile and I was scared to tell him. And it took me, it took me some days, it took me about five days to get up the courage to do it. And when I did it, as you know, once you, once you say you're, you want to leave or you say, I want to separate or divorce or whatever. That's when the real volatility starts. And, but even though there was more to deal with, I do feel, and I did feel a lot of relief after speaking up and moving forward to create the life that I wanted. And there's tremendous freedom in simply asking for what you want, even when there, it's not going to be, super easy after that. I do encourage women to do that in life everywhere. Ask for what you want. Yes, that is such a difficult choice to make to, you know, to end a marriage. I, I, I did end mine as well. And I think one of the things that is so hard is that it is something that you did want at one time. Mm -hmm. But it is different. And well, people change. Situations yeah. change. And, you know, uh, my, my ex-husband has passed away now. I did love him very much. I loved him after our marriage. I loved him during our marriage. But that doesn't mean that I had to be married to him when, when it was very, very difficult. And, you know, we do have to put ourselves first. And I'm talking to all the women listening, Cynthia, because as women, we often put everybody else first. And often to the detriment of ourselves. And I don't have any children, but when my marriage started to negatively impact my business, that is when I had to draw the line because I wasn't going to let my marriage cost me my business. Now, other people might have made a different choice. It wasn't like the marriage was so awesome that that was okay. The marriage was not good. So I wasn't going to let a not good marriage cost me my business. You know, if the marriage was amazing, that would be a different story. And it's important for women to really put themselves first, of course, their safety, but also what is important to them. Women leave often because of their children. Well, if you don't have children, leave because you want your sanity. Leave because you don't want it to cost you your professional life. Leave because it's just not good. And and then start again. And even if you don't feel like you have anything to get started, you will. Again, you don't have to have it figured out. 
just need to get your ass out of there and make yourself a priority. Amen. Yeah. And I think like one of the difficult things is when you're married to somebody who is very volatile and where there is the potential for, you know, emotional uh, impact, Mm -hmm. you know, physical impact, financial impact, things like that. I mean, that's where fear gets really, really large. I'm curious what you did to protect yourself mentally, emotionally, physically, as you went through that transition. Well, I never had any physical challenge. Cynthia, although, you know, my family was concerned that something would happen. And as you know, that's usually when something does happen, even if it's never happened before, after a woman says she wants to leave. And I did have significant family support. My sister, who has not been close to me my whole life, um, she stepped up, she, she showed up, and she stood up for me. and. My parents stood up for me and stepped up for me, and my ex um, was not happy about it. But again, you know, I had my peeps around me, and uh, and I will say my women showed up too. My community showed up. The ladies that you and I know showed up to support me, and and that's because I spoke up. You know, I didn't do this by myself. I mean, I did it by myself, but I let everybody know what I was doing. And often women don't speak up. You know, I told my sister, I told my parents, I told my friends, I told the ladies who are my clients, you know, I didn't keep it a secret. And a lot of times, and a lot of times women keep it a secret because there's shame. And just because we're here talking about it now, Cynthia, I don't want to give the impression that I didn't feel shame. I felt a ton of shame you know, I was ashamed that my marriage was ending because I didn't, that's not how I wanted it. And that, that shame often keeps women silent. And I was not silent. I, I spoke up because I did want support and people showed up and that's what we, you know, look, even if there are women on this planet that you don't even, they don't even know you and they will show up for you if you speak up. And I want everybody to hear that because there are many women in your community that will show up for you if they know what's up with you. And women have to speak up and there's a ton of women that will show up. Yes. Yes, that is why breaking the silence about difficult subjects is so important. And that is why I mean, you showed so much courage in being open about what was going on. And that's a great example to give to other women because it does take a tremendous amount of courage to let people know what's up. It does. It does take, but you know what, my friend, well, that's the great thing about courage. It's not like we have an endless supply. We don't have an endless supply. And the more we use our courage, it just gets bigger. We just have more of it. It's not, it's not depleting. It's fulfilling. That's not the right word. It's, it replenishes and it it gets bigger and bigger. So don't think that just because you haven't called on your courage before that you don't have it. It's there and it will be there whenever you need it, as long as you use it. Yes. And also, I mean, if women don't speak up when something really major is happening, 
then the people who care about them don't have the opportunity to step up and support them. Right. Exactly. So. Exactly. And, and, you know, we are not alone, especially as women, but if we, if we are staying in our situations in silence, then we will be alone because nobody's can know, nobody knows what's going on to help us. You know, it's very important that we cultivate community in our life and we use that community and we call on that community when we have challenging times. Yes. Well, I would like to shift from that sort of heavy space. <laughs> yeah, my friend. <laughs> to, well, actually two questions. You mentioned that your husband has died and um, I know that that was probably a very difficult thing since it came fairly yeah. after the divorce. And yet it seems to me from where I am as a member of your community that you actually navigated through that grief while you were supporting so many women in their businesses and lives with an immense amount of positivity. And I'm curious if you could just share a little bit about how you navigated through that. And then I have a question for you about the giving circle. Sure. Well, I'm still, I was still, you know, as I said, I loved Gary very much and we were still, you know, we were still friendly after our divorce. And when I found out about his passing, um, I immediately told the ladies, initially the ladies at the dance party, you know, which I haven't been going to lately, but that's the, the open invitation to come and dance at 8 a.m. in the morning via Zoom. And they, they did what they do, which is what we call a puppy pile, where they all, not literally, but figuratively, um, you know, jumped on top of me with love and gave me a lot of love and and kind words and encouraging words. And then they said to me, you know, what do you need? And I thought to myself, I want to be with people that love me. And so we had our own memorial service for Gary with me and the ladies that came that just love me and ladies that came that knew him. And it's so funny, Cynthia, because Gary was a big fan of the Grateful Dead, and he would often say that, you know, all he wanted was a big party when he passed, and I'm sure he did not have in mind a room full of ladies sipping apple cider, but, but that's what he got, and, and, and that's what I needed, and they supported me, and it was a, a very beautiful day, and of course, grief doesn't come and go in a day. It's been uh, about five months now and, you know, it comes and goes. And f I feel grateful to have all the ladies in my life because they know what's up. So because they know what's up, they can show up. Well, that's beautiful. And it's pure Katarina Rando style. Thank you. Yeah. And, and the fact that Again, it was something that was shared with community, mm -hmm. uh, with with women who were there to uplift you when you needed it. It's just awesome. It's just a, a testament to the strength of the community that you've built. Thank you. I do feel that it's the greatest gift in my life, a community of like-minded, like-hearted women. Uh, Cynthia, when I'm an old lady, we're going to have a, a I, I won't say retirement because we're all still going to be doing our 
businesses as long as we're above ground. But I, I'm, you know, I do plan to live with a bunch of ladies when I'm, when I'm older and live in community because of course we'll all have our own condos because we'll want our own space. And that's, that's honestly my plan because there is no greater gift than having a community of people that love you, respect you, have similar values and are like you in some way. Yes. Well, you have built an incredibly strong, vibrant community, uh, the thriving women in business. And you've not been content just to build that community. You've actually found a way for that community to reach out into the world and have an impact all over the world. Can you talk a little bit about Absolutely. Giving people happened, what it is, how it works. Yeah. Yeah. So we have a, and these days what we're doing is we're, we're holding, hosting different events and different opportunities for women to support the four charities. Um, We started a giving circle many years ago and it's taken, it's looked differently over the years, but the idea is that we have four charities that we support and they meet a certain criteria. And this is for anybody can start their own giving circle. And the criteria is that there's no funding in the U.S. for salaries. Anybody in the U.S. is volunteer. They support education. They support entrepreneurship. And we support girls in Mumbai, India with education. We support micro loans in Zambia with the Power of Love Foundation. We support deaf women's empowerment in Nepal, and we support Girls Up Uganda, which teaches education and entrepreneurship. Because here's the thing, there is need everywhere. And oftentimes people say, well, you know, why don't you stick in your community? Because the area that we're in is a very wealthy area, anywhere you are in the United States. Around the world, your $50, somebody could start a business with $50 in Zambia. I mean, most of the loans are $50. You could have a massive impact. And that's what I want. I want women over here to have massive impact with women over there because there is need everywhere. And we have a personal relationship with these charities. They send us a report every quarter. and we share about what they're up to. And, you know, I wanted, Cynthia, what I wanted, what I still want is for women to not wait until they're white haired or retired to embrace philanthropy. You know, there's this idea that women do it when they're, they finish doing their thing. No, today is the day for philanthropy and whatever your budget is or your pocketbook size is, you've got money in there to uplift the world. And once one of my mentors wrote the power, um, what is it called? The soul of money, which is Lynn Twist, who is the, is she's my philanthropy mentor, whether or not she knows it. She talks about reallocation. You know, don't go out to that dinner one, one day this month, don't go out to that dinner and give that money to uplift some lives. Or, you know, skip Starbucks for a week and take that $50 and uplift some lives. 
reallocation of funds and investing in the women of the world is definitely a good place to put your money because we know that when we invest in women and girls, communities are, are better. Domestic violence goes down. The mortality rate improves. The, the girls stay in school longer. There are so many positive effects from investing in women. And that's what I want women to do. And I want women everywhere to start giving circles in their own communities. And by the way, then that's a community that you have of women to get together with and be inspired by. I love that. And it's something that I want to do in my own born to be a badass community as well. Well, my friend, anything I could do to support you? I'm an Insta. Yes. Anybody that wants to start a giving circle, I'm an Insta yes to help because, you know, I like to say a rising woman lifts all the women around her, Cynthia. And that's what we are. We're all rising women. And the more we lift the women around us, the more women that will be rising to lift the women around them. Yes, I love it. And I've got images for tattoos coming up in my mind as you're saying (laughs) things like that. (laughs) (laughs) which may or may not be a good thing. But uh, yeah, I just, I love that you are not content to just influence your immediate circle, but that you really do what you talk about and your circle of influence is ever growing and the ripples out from that are ever growing. And I hope that the people that listen to this podcast will become part of that whole rippling out effect because what you're talking about is so important. Well, thank you. And, you know, I think that helping others is a great way to spend your time and your life. You know, it's a good, it's a good purpose for life. I mean, the purpose I give my life is to uplift women economically and that's through business or through philanthropy or through a kind word, Cynthia, or through a speech or through expressing genuine caring and and sharing a resource. And I want to encourage everyone, if you are not happy with your life, go help somebody. Because in helping people, we uplift ourselves as well as other people. And that is that is so important. You know, so many women are not happy. Well, mama, take your attention off yourself and go help somebody else. And I guarantee very quickly, you will be very happy. Yes, it's amazing how that works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know for me, I have tremendous alignment with that desire to uplift women and to empower women to really embrace their lives and create the lives that they want. And, you know, I come through a different door than you do, but it's really, it's all part of the same building. <laughs> Well, Cynthia, I like to say this is for you and for everyone listening and for all my clients. I don't care what business they're in. I tell them we're all in the empowerment business if we choose to be. You know, that's an exciting business to be in, empowering people to have better lives. And if you're doing it through what you're doing or what I'm doing or whatever anybody is doing, you know, see it. Don't just be in the XYZ business. Be in the empowerment business. Be holding a bigger vision for your clients or your children or the people in your community 
hold a bigger vision for them than they hold for themselves, tell them what that vision is, and then help them get there. Yes. Well, that's it's interesting that you brought that up because I have recently sort of shifted the lens on my business so that it is not strictly about women, violence, and safety and, and the world of self-defense, but it is about the intersection of empowerment, embodiment, and self-protection. Beautiful. I love it. You know I love it, my friend. I thought you would. I love it. Yes. Because, you know, I, I want every woman on the planet to feel empowered in her life. Because when she does, what, what's she going to do? You know, women don't, don't buy more shoes. They uplift other people when they have more success. That's, you know, you know there's this, an amazing movie on independent lens about Dolores Huerta, who was the co-founder of the United Farm Workers Union. And by the way, um, I'm 55. I've lived in California my whole life. And until I saw this movie, I never knew that Dolores Huerta was the co-founder with Cesar Chavez of the United Farm Workers Union. And I I mentioned about her because she won this $100,000 grant. And instead of giving herself anything, she started an organization to teach people how to do community organizing. And I share that because it's a proof. Women don't take their wealth and just buy stuff. If they're a woman on a mission, they use it to further their mission, which is why I want your work, my work, everybody's work to help more women live their mission. Yes, that's, yes, 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 yes. And it's funny because I've tried to explain this to my kids. And the only thing I've been able to say, I think that made any sense was like money to me is meaningless unless I can do something with it that is a benefit. Right, exactly. It's just a tool. It's, just, it's a tool, but it's a damn good tool, my friend, when, when we use it for good, right? It, it can make significant positive change in our lives and the lives of people that we choose to use it for or share it with. Yes, it is. Well, I have, gosh, we have been talking for quite a while. So I have one more question for you. Okay, my friend. Then we'll wrap it up. How do you think that women can develop their own personal power and courage? Great question. The way to develop their personal power and courage is to feel the fear and do it anyway. And I don't mean in unsafe situations. I mean, feel the fear of public speaking or feel the fear of asking for what you want or feel the fear of doing something you want to do that you've never done before feel that fear and do it anyway. And that was a book, I forget the lady's name now, which was Susan Jeffers, I think, which was very inspiring when I was younger in life. And I encourage everyone to find that book and read it because it is in the doing that we do dissipate the fear. And it does take courage to create what you want in your life. It does take courage to use your voice. And again, the more courage you use, the more it gets bigger and the more you're able to do more amazing things. And I will say one other thing, Cynthia, I'm really into right now watching biopics and documentaries on amazing women and 
Public television is having a ton of them right now. I watched one on May West. They're having a whole series on the suffragettes. Like, go learn and watch how these women lived because they will inspire you. I didn't know that was going on right now, but I will definitely check it out. And and I, you're right. I mean, I did, there's so much about what you said that's just absolutely yes. Um, so I love that quote. We'll put the link to the book in the show notes. And you're just reminding me that when I was, gosh, probably not even a teenager yet, I used to watch Masterpiece Theater with my mother. Mm-hmm. So we watched the shows that were about women, we watched the one that was about the women's suffrage movement Mm. before I was even a teenager. And I remember being absolutely dumbfounded that these women were willing to be force fed when they were in prison, you know, because they were hunger striking to make their point. Um, They were willing to throw themselves in front of horses in order to Mm -hmm. cause change. And I was absolutely flabbergasted that they were willing, basically, to do whatever it took right. to make the change happen. And uh, that had quite an impact. But you're, there's so many other women who are super powerful and are Yes. I hadn't even well, thought about you know, watching bio, biopics and, and reading the, the biographies, but that's a great idea. It's very inspiring. Yeah, because there's so many women who have come before us who have accomplished extraordinary things and who have shown incredible courage. Okay. Well, gosh, we have been on for more than an hour. It has been (laughs) an absolute blast. I am so glad to have had the opportunity to just pepper you with questions. And I have a bunch more, but I'm not going to keep you on for two hours. (laughs) That means you're going to have me back very soon. Yes. We'll definitely, definitely have you back on because you just always have such great insights and and not superficial ones either. I mean, you you really have a lot of depth and wisdom to share. And although your focus is on women and entrepreneurs and businesses, what you what you talk about and your understanding of women and and how they can be in the world and make a difference is relevant to everybody. Yeah, it's my vehicle. Entrepreneurship is my vehicle. My mission is to uplift women. Yeah. Well, I would like for you to share how people can connect with you and contact you because. Okay, absolutely. First of all, I love Facebook. If you send me a message on Facebook through my personal profile, I will be happy to answer it. I love Facebook. We have a Facebook group where you can join us, Thriving Women in Business group. I'll put it in the show notes. You can also go to katarinarando.com to find out about our next workshops. We have free workshops every month, virtual. We have three hour, very inexpensive workshops every month to support women to grow their business, use their voice, build their fempires. And also you can look at our TWIBC.com website, which is the website for our community where you'll find lots of events there by lots of women, including Cynthia, Cynthia, whenever you have an event, we're happy to post it there because there are so many amazing women doing so many amazing things that we want everyone to know about. Awesome. And you have a center too in San Francisco. We do have a center, the Thriving Women in Business Center on the west side of town in San Francisco. And it's a place where I host some of my workshops. 
and other women host their workshops or we have events there to support women to thrive. Awesome. Well, I will make sure that all of those links are in the show notes. And on one of those websites, is there a link to the Giving Circle? Yes, I believe on both of those websites, Cynthia, is a link to our Giving Circle charities that the ladies can support and also any upcoming events that would be virtual that ladies can come and join us for. Awesome. Well, Katarina, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. I've been waiting anxiously, eagerly, hopefully to do this. And um, I've just had such a great time and I just appreciate all that you've shared. Thank you so much. Thank you, my friend. Awesome to be with you. Can't wait to be with you again. Bing, bing, bing. (laughs) This has been the Born to be a Badass podcast. Stay safe and be a badass. You've been listening to the Born to be a Badass podcast. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode and be sure to share it with your friends. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and a review. Tune in regularly for more exciting insights and wisdom on women, violence, and safety. And until next time, embrace your inner badass.